You're listening to Steel NS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to SteelNSMedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code SteelNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. This is July 16th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Evan Marinovsky, back for another great week of Bruins talk. It's the middle of summer, but you know what? Even though it's a little slow for the Bruins, we're, we're, we're talking Bruins. This is the only place talking Bruins. This and the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and then maybe I'll mention the Skate Podcast as well over to EI. That's it. Um, and, and in this podcast, my guest was Matt Castle of BruinsDaily.com, who's a good, good friend of mine. Uh, he's a, he's a great, great guy. I thought this, this conversation was really fun. And I also thought it was interesting because of the points brought up. I think there were points, um, and arguments made in this podcast that you will not hear anywhere else. And I'm not just saying that, um, for the sake of listen to the rest of this. I'm saying it because it, it's the truth. Um, these are things I'll probably write in the next couple of days. Um, and I think you should look forward to that. I do, because I think these are things, these are problems I brought up in this. I think we'll, we'll be on the Bruins back for the next year and a half. And I think no one's talking about these enough. And Matt Castle and I dive straight into these topics in this podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Matt Castle. And we're here with Matt Castle of BruinsDaily.com. Matt, what is up? What's going on, Ev? It's been a long time coming. Glad to be on the program. I know. You've been asking me to come on since, like, the Hurricane series, since the, the finals, right? That was when you started to you, – you, every day you would wait by the garden doors and you would hold up a sign. It would say, please let me on Bruins beat. Sign this petition. You'd be like, Evan, Evan, Evan. And I'd be like, Matt, it'll come at some point. I'll have you on at some point. Um, and now's the time. How, how good is this? See, your hard work paid off. You know – this is pretty satisfying. I worked my entire life to be on Bruins CNLS, and the days finally come. It's actually my second time on, but first with you. So, yeah, let's get after it. CLNS, by the way, don't act so big that you don't know the names of the, <laughs> the letters of my media network. I, I am so offended. Um, how's your summer been? It's good, man. It's been uh, very relaxing. Big change of pace. Want? What are you doing? So during the week. Just working nights at NBC Sports Boston, kind of grinding away as a production assistant, and then, you know, enjoying the uh, the off season, going on a couple vacations, actually getting uh, ready. My brother's getting married in like two weeks, so that's a big thing. All right, we gotta get to brewing stuff. <laughs> um, we're I'm dedicating, as I said in the intro, I'm dedicating this show to the salary cap because uh, Danton Heinen about a week ago. Uh, signed with the Bruins uh, for two years, $2.8 million per, uh, which is not bad, which was pretty much what everybody expected. Um, didn't deserve more. Didn't, you know, they got him right where they needed him to be. Um, but this sort of begs the question, and the, the question should have already been there, but because of them making a signing to one of their RFAs, now everyone's like, oh, my God, the Bruins have a salary cap issue. Yes, they do. Now, I look at the roster and I think, okay, there's a couple little contracts and then there's a couple big contracts that I think could be dealt for uh, 
to, to free up salary space. Right now they have 8.1 million in salary cap space. They have to re-sign Carlo and McAvoy this offseason as RFAs. That probably won't get it done. Cause you're thinking, I mean, I think you'd agree with this. McAvoy's in the six, seven million range per year. Carlo's probably three to four and a half, five. Even at the smallest, even if at the, at the very least, that's not eight million. So, um, of the little contracts on this team, we'll start with little contracts, then we'll move to the big contracts. The little contracts, Matt Castle, GM Matt Castle, excuse me, who What's are up? you, who are you dealing? Uh, who am I dealing? Well, first off, they got rid of, uh, Nolachari. That was a, a minor contract. And, you know, I don't really know if there was a, a spot for him. I mean, they always like fourth line grit, but they, they wasn't a huge, huge uh, thing to let him go. Cleared up some cap space because, like you said, they just have nothing right now. Uh, small contracts that I would move. I'll start with this because I have a hot take. And this I put on Twitter and people were all up in arms about this. I think I put it out, I might have been a day after um, Heinenstein. So Heinenstein on a Tuesday, it was a Wednesday morning. And I said, why is – so th- the night that Heinen signed, which was like – I think at like 11.30 p.m. Yeah, evening, they they which, dropped it like during the ESPYs, I think, which is crazy. Which was <laughs> annoying because I was about to go to bed and I was like, I have to do a write-up of this. But whatever. I wasn't going to make the, the, the interns do it. Fine. So be it. Um, over it. Um, the, 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 the contracts everyone was saying was you got to get rid of David Backus and or John Moore and or Kevin Miller. There's another contract on the books that I think is, in my opinion, easy to let go of. And I know I'm in the minority here. No one's talking about this. Yaroslav Halak. Why are we holding on to a backup goalie like he's, like he's a gem? I mean, this guy's 34 years old. I remember talking to him at uh, Stanley Cup Media Day. He has one year left on his deal. He's at uh, $2.75 million, uh for one more year. That's a pretty considerable amount to a backup goalie. I know he brings a lot of value, but he's 34. Talked to him at Stanley Cup Media Day. Didn't really seem like a guy who's going to play past next year. His value's high. He's inconsistent. Do we really think he's going to play the way he played last year, um, this year? No. I mean, the guy outplayed Tuka Rask. Is he going to outplay Tuka Rask two years in a row? Absolutely, probably lutely not. Okay? So <laughs> I am – these people coming at me, this is, this is built-up anger. The people who are coming at me about lack, oh, my God. You know, I know he gave Rask his rest. But you can get some Joe Schmo off the street who can give three-fourths of that rest. Maybe not as good. Maybe not as good. But a guy, you know, look, the Bruins missed a lot of good free agent goalies. But there's still guys out there. Remember Chad Johnson? He's out there. Eddie Lack, Al Montoya, Michael Neuberth. None of these guys are as good as Halak, but they're close, and you can sign them for eight hundred thousand, and 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 put them back there. And worst comes to worst, you call up a guy from Providence and pray that that it works out. So I want to hear your take because I am for trading Yaroslav Halak with one of those other guys. So then you're not trading two defense because because Backus. We'll get to Backus in a second, but that's probably going to be impossible to, to ship off. So for me, it's Halak and one of Miller or more. Your thoughts. Uh, first off, I love your passion. Can't fault it. That's been built up for a while. Uh, but honestly, I think the Bruins are, are really set in stone with that two-goalie tandem. And I know what you're saying. 
they are paying a ton for their goal uh, goaltender, like 9.75 mil between two. But look at how far that got them last year. Like the tandem, like every other night they were just switching off. It gave uh, Rask a ton of rest. And like you said, Halak played fantastic. So I think right now the Bruins are kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And kind of developing some of the younger guys for goaltenders coming up, like Kyle Kaiser. He's probably going to be in Providence uh, this coming year with Dan Vladar. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're going to move the goalie. I kind of like what they're doing um, with the two tandem right there. I, I think one of the defenders has got to go. I mean, they have a log jam. It's never a bad thing to have defensive depth, but, like, they they do have a ton of guys. I mean, signing Stephen Camper, too, also was one of those <laughs> short uh, contracts that, like, kind of ate up some of the space that you're like, hey, we're getting close here. McAvoy's not going to be able to make it under the cap if we just keep re-signing everyone. So, um I mean, I mean, the obvious one is David Backus has to go. I mean, that's just a horrible contract. Okay, so I agree 100% terrible contract. I just want to get one more thing out about the Halak thing. Okay, hit me. In my opinion, in my opinion, I just don't see – first of all, you mentioned – I like – this is also funny. This is from last episode, um, which I hope you listen to. Um the the Panthers are actually used to mention the Bruins paying a nine point seven five million a year for two goalies. The Panthers are gonna be paying ten million a year for one, which is stupid. But that's not the point. Now here's a little counter. People are dumb. So you mentioned the Bruins getting to the cup with uh two goalies, you know, basically a tandem. And I argued uh a week ago that Rask was a bargain. And I still believe that. But Jordan Bennington, who won the cup now, he wasn't the reason, but he was the cup-winning goalie. Don't kill me here, Bruins people. He was the cup-winning goalie, and he signed for like $4.4 million for every year for two years. So average annual value of $4.4 million. Uh, I think the Bruins should be spending a little bit less. And that doesn't mean trading Rask. That means the backup goalie should not be making almost $3 million. You find a way, you find a way to pay, to, to pay less. You find a way. So if that's a if that's a guy like Chad Johnson, who they have a history with. Remember, the Bruins have a great history of just making these backup goalies great NHL goalies. Okay? They made Chad Johnson get starting jobs. Chad Johnson got starting <laughs> jobs in, in Calgary. I believe he got some in Buffalo. I mean, like, why would a team do that? But Dobin? Dobin? Exactly. They're good at getting these these guys for cheap, making them good. Goalie Bob Asenza, the, the goalie coach, is phenomenal. Have them, you know, work with one of these guys like a Neuverth, like a Johnson, even like a Montoya or a Eddie Lack, and just work with them. And and because there's something about the system in in Boston with their goalies, they are good. Now let's get to David Backus, which is a dumpster fire. I don't think there's anyone who likes this contract ever. Um. Trading him would be tough, and and in Kevin Paul Dupont's Sunday hockey notes from this past Sunday, he mentioned a point that I think is getting overlooked. Obviously, everyone's looking at the Patrick Marlowe deal. You know, the, the Leafs had to ship off a first round pick with Marlowe to get the contract off the books. There's something that I think people are overlooking with with the Bacchus thing. And here's what uh, Kevin Paul Dupont wrote: Headed into the weekend, four clubs—New Jersey, Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Colorado—all had more than 20 million in cap space. 
In theory, the Bruins could agree to split the cap hit, $3 million with, with one of those clubs, and add in a draft pick and or prospect as a means to entice a club to take the 35-year-old forward. The X factor, or potential impotent, is that Backus's deal signed in the summer of 2016 allows Sweeney to deal him this summer to only one of eight teams. Those teams chosen by Backus have not been made public, but it's very possible, even likely, that none of those teams is New Jersey, Ottawa, Winnipeg, or Colorado. First of all, I don't blame Backus for not putting those four spots on his team to be traded list. Why would you ever, ever in a million years want to go to New Jersey, Ottawa, Winnipeg, or Colorado? I know New Jersey's like on track to win. Same with Colorado. New Jersey's a trash bin. Ottawa, Winnipeg, and Colorado are just the Arctic. So, fine. But that's, how are they, you know, those are the four clubs that probably would take on that salary. And if they can't get him there, who's going to take him? And so, I want to hear your opinion. What do the Bruins do with this Bacchus uh, contract? Uh, I mean, that's the that's the million dollar question, or I should say six million dollar question. Um, oh, if they, funny. <laughs> if they could find a team that would split it 50-50 with a draft pick, that would be phenomenal. Because, I mean, it's basically the Bruins right now are paying David back his $6 million to be a leader in the locker room and to sit on the ninth floor and, like, dress every other game, I guess. He sits Which, with us. Yeah, he's sitting up there. He's chatting it up with us. Um, so, basically, they obviously have to get it off. I, I mean, I don't even know. Like uh, Sweeney said, they have his eight teams. They haven't made it public. Um, but if you're another NHL team, like, do you do you want David Backus? I mean, obviously the Bruins would have to entice him with draft picks to get it off the books. But I don't know. As of right now, it looks like they're probably going to have to keep him, or it's leaning towards that. But if if they could somehow find a way to get him off their books, a that would clear up McAvoy and Carlo. But it also opens up a roster spot for any of the younger guys um, that are waiting in the midst. I mean, like, Carson Coleman could get a permanent starting spot if you move Backus out of there. A guy like Jack Stunica, or however you say his name. I can't even tell these days because Bruce Cassidy says it different all the time. Um, (laughs) Even a guy like Lauko, uh, Seneshin, like all these guys – they could definitely be in the mix uh, for a roster spot. Um, so, yeah, if they could get it off the books, that'd be phenomenal. See, a team like New Jersey or even Colorado could use the veteran leadership of a guy like Bacchus in the locker room. But, again, it hinges on, and no one's talking about this, it hinges on wh- are those on his tra- teams to be traded list? Probably not. He probably doesn't, he probably doesn't want to freaking uproot his family to New Jersey or to Colorado. There's no way, and and he wants to also win a cup. New Jersey is, you know, getting P.K. Suba, and they have Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Taylor Hall and Corey Schneider, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't, like, no one's expecting them to win the cup next year. That's just going to be a team that goes to the playoffs. Um, so I, I, my personal opinion on this is I guarantee you they just end up keeping it. And, and then it's going to be an even bigger cap problem. Um, but I'll get to that in one second. First, Matt. Let me tell you about my good friends over at betonline.ag. They're more than just some online betting platform. There's a lot of them out there, but none are quite like betonline.ag. Their approach is focused on the player, and they built their incredible reputation on offering you, the clients, nothing but the best. From cutting-edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds, they have it all. They're famous for their sports book, where there are live lines on all major sporting events across all the major sports, including 
Major League Baseball or whatever sport you watch this time of year. It used to be the NHL. I know this is the Bruins podcast. Summer League. Season, summer League. Season's coming quick. I don't think you can bet on the Cape Cod League, uh, but if you could, it'd be on betaline.ag. Uh, but it's not, so don't worry about it. Uh, their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites quick and easy and in real time. They have it all. If you'd like to bet on any games of your favorite sports, use my personal promo codes at uh, CLNS50 at CLNSmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins to get 50% cash back on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code CLNS50 at CLNSmedia.com backslash NHL Bruins. If you guys like to keep this podcast free, which I hope and imagine you would, um, go there and take full advantage of this great opportunity so I'm not starving in the streets. Uh, that would be kind of nice of you guys. Again, that's betonline.ag. Let Evan eat. Let Ev- let me eat. I'll give you a portion of the proceeds, Matt. Um, <laughs> so we mentioned the salary cap dumpster fire. I predict Bacchus will probably stay with the Bruins because it's just so complicated to get him off the books. Um, I think another thing a lot of people are forgetting you have to re-sign um, McAvoy and Carlo, who are projected at least to be about nine to ten million a year combined. Next year, Tory Krug is an unrestricted free agent. Okay, he's making about five point two five million now. In the future, with the point production, the point production that he's had, he's probably going to get north of seven. He probably might end up being the highest paid player on the Bruins. And think he's going to get more than McAvoy this year? Um, maybe. I think there's a good shot. If McAvoy gets six or seven, Krug has every right to get the same amount. Because McAvoy, they're sort of betting on his uh, potential. We've seen Krug's potential. The guy's a stud on offense. Yeah. I mean, he's been, I think, in the top, in the last three years, I believe, I think. I think he's in the top five of uh, NHL uh, of, of defensemen point production wise. I mean, just a stud on defense, a stud on offense, as an offensive defenseman. My God, my tongue is just in a freaking wrap. Um, <laughs> but he's going to be requiring a lot of money, and that's going to require even more salary cap maneuvering, which makes me think Sweeney has a decision. It's either Carlo and McAvoy or Krug. Or Krug and Carlo, but I don't know. I think right now it's between you either choose McAvoy and Carlo or Tori Krug. And my gut is, and I think what they should go with is, if you're going to pick one of the options there, you would pick McAvoy and Carlo. First, I want to ask you, is there any chance they're able to re-sign all three? And secondly, if you had to choose between those two options, which would you choose and why? I mean, if they could sign all three, that would be – the best case scenario, obviously, we'll see how it shakes out with the the back as contract. Um, but that, yeah, that's been one of the things that Tory Krug's been on the proverbial trading block for the past like a year and a half. Um, <laughs> but I will, yeah, the Bruins should absolutely keep Tory Krug at all costs. Uh, the power play, like one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, and he like really. He improved on the defensive end this year. He wasn't just an offensive defenseman. If I was a GM, which I'm not, but if I was. You are in this podcast. <laughs> um, I'm definitely keeping McAvoy. I think that kid's a stud. Obviously, I think he's one of the best skaters on the team, and I think he's a super young product of Boston University. 
Got to keep him. Got to keep him as long as possible. I think he's going to be the like the defensive face of this franchise for the next decade. I, th- I really think he's that good. Well, I think the the option I, I would go with is you do McAvoy and Carlo because that's sort of what you're gearing towards now with the cap. And then you and I'm so against trading Krug, but I think it's going to come to that. Like I, the more I look at the salary cap, let's say the Bruins. So they're at 8.1 million right now. Let's say they free up five million, five and a half million. Let's say they trade away John Moore and Kevin Miller, or John Moore and Yaroslav Halak, for for argument's sake. That will open up 13.6 million in cap space. Um, you would have McAvoy and Carlo in there for this year, and then you'd have about two million for Krug. Not to mention, you also have to re-sign Jake DeBrusque next year, and he's getting paid. Pennies on the dollar. He's making like eight hundred thousand right now, and just like the way the contracts have been going, Jake DeBrusque is probably worth going to get something north of what Dan Heinen got, two point eight million. Well, DeBrusque, I think DeBrusque will get about four or five, maybe six. That's pushing it, but yeah, I, mean, I don't think DeBrusque will get six, but he'll maybe five. DeBrusque is making so little money. That the FaceTime with Sean Corrali today, he FaceTimed him on like an iPhone four. The connection is <laughs> terrible. It's crap. Um, but if if anyone hasn't seen that, it's a good little video the Bruins put out there of Sean Crowley and Jake DeBrusque FaceTiming. It was, it was funny. It was nice. I was the third party. They didn't show. <laughs> Sean Crowley was actually trying to call you. You just <laughs> for whatever for ethics reasons, you'd want to FaceTime him. I'm an unbiased journalist, so I was like, hey, Sean, I can't be a part of this. So you're like Sean. You don't understand. But if you want to talk off the record, all for it. Um, my good friend Sean Crowley. Good friend, Sean. Friend of the show, Sean Crowley. Um, friend of the pod, for sure. But um, what's crazy to me is they don't have the 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 the, the uh, salary to sign Krug, in my opinion. So if they can find a way, they keep McAvoy and Carlo. You trade off Krug for picks and prospects, even though I'm against it, and then you bank on Matt Grizzlick sort of being half to three fourths of what Krug was, because I think. He has the potential in him to be a power play quarterback. I just don't ever think he'll be even near Tory Krug level of power play quarterbacking. But, I mean, right now, the Bruins have enough on that power play because that's where Krug's impact is felt most is on the power play. The Bruins have enough on that power play to sort of sustain themselves. You have Bruce Cassidy, who's a power play-minded head coach. Grizzlick is good enough at the point. And then you have, you know, Pasternak, Krejci, Marshan, Bergeron, and maybe like Danton Hine or someone else in front of DeBrusque. Him. And on the second unit Brusque. you have uh McAvoy too. So I mean yes, but they usually exactly. run the, the two defenseman system on the PP two, as we call it in the business. <laughs> PP two. Um but you're right. So that's the thing. Like it honestly might come to the point of they have to trade you know, Krug, they can't afford him, they gotta trade him, but they have enough of a replacement. If you let McAvoy go he again, as you said, in my and this is my opinion too. He's their defense. He's their the cornerstone of the future. That guy can play the defensive zone well, offensive zone well. He's a tremendous two way defenseman, and, 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 and you know he's sort of with this new NHL wave, where you want to pay him, you want to keep a guy like that, despite his injury history. And then Brandon Carlo is just a great shutdown defenseman. There's no reason to let him go. You can afford a guy like Carlo. Krug might be the guy that goes. And and again, like. I don't think anybody wants to trade Tory Krug, but if you look at the salary cap, the more and more you look at it, they might have to trade Tory Krug. 
What are you going to try to get for him? What do you think you can get for him? I think you could go the route of getting a comparable NHL player that's on the cheaper end of things who might be younger um, with some a, a pick or a prospect. Um, I mean, you could do a one-for-one deal. Um, you know, a lot of people look at the Red Wings with Krug and a guy like Athanasiu or Anti Manta, who I really don't have a lot of, like, I don't really want them, like, whatever. Anti Manta is just a big power forward, like, knucklehead. So I don't, like, I don't, I'm not, like, <laughs> dying to get Anti Manta on the Bruins, but, you know, that's I the like thing. A like, guy like Chris Kreider. I mean, he would be, that would be good. Um, you know, some people say Minnesota with Jason Zucker. I mean, he'd be solid. Um, you know, they're not worth the amount Krug is. So there might be a way to finagle the, the salary cap to fit those guys. I think if you're going to trade Krug, you got to address the the second line and get a, someone to go along with DeBrusque and Krejci. I really do because that, that was the one hole. I mean, and now Johansson's gone, even though he – primarily played left wing with Coyle on the third line. He he did some minutes on the second line. And well, that that's like still a spot that they need to address. I think that's the one area that they could really improve on. Well, that's the thing. The second line right wing position. Like, that's a, a whole other thing. But like the Bruins screwed themselves over with the salary cap so badly that they couldn't afford to pay Johansson what he wasn't making before which was less. Like, Johansson signed for, like, a hair less than he in Buffalo than he was making on his last contract. Johansson would have been perfect for the second line. Now, there's a lot of – we're not – we don't have enough time to, like, get into all that stuff. But now every move the Bruins make has to be looked at through the cap lens, which – Absolutely. Which is no fun. Like, you're not fun to – like, what you said, like, Chris Kreider would love him on the Bruins. But then it's like, what's he making? Is it good to fit? Yeah. Like, that's no fun. I mean, we want to just spitball and have fun with it. We, don't <laughs> we want to make like, super teams like the NBA. We can't do that because there's a I know. And we, we gotta be like we gotta be like math majors and sit here and be like, Well, how would the cap fit? Like preparing for this podcast, I was sitting there physically with a pencil because I was, my math is so bad that I don't want to do it with a pen. I was doing math like addition with pencils. I was going 8.1 plus John Moore's 2.75 plus, you know, uh, Kevin Miller's 2.5. I'm like, this is bull. I don't want to do this. You know what we That's should what do? That's the Bruins have come to. It's the Bruins. Bull crap. The Bruins should get it, give every single player a Supermax contract. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> give it to every single player. Stephen Camper, yeah. you're up for contract? You get a max. Let's go. You surely give Stephen Camper like four and a half million a year for like seven years. You got to make sure the defensive depth is where you want it to be. I mean, I think it's, in Peter Shirley's eyes, Stephen Camper probably a little bit higher of an upside than Tyler Sagan. So why not? Do you ever think – here's a hot take. Do you think Peter Shirley ever gets another job in the NHL? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. I wouldn't hire him. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you're GM of this podcast, so you would not hire him. That's, yes. That's With my G- <laughs> my GM. not hire Peter Shirley. <laughs> that's pretty big. I, I don't think – no, I, I mean, off topic, I don't think Peter Shirley will ever – I mean, well, no. Screw that. I think there's definitely someone dumb enough in the NHL to be friends with him and be like, here's a job. Maybe he'll get it right this time. Assistant to the regional manager. (laughs) Dude, what? If I had to sum up the Bruins offseason post-draft, it would basically be them spending money 
Like, I would just get Twitter notifications of them spending money and none of it being on Carlo and McAvoy. Like, we, I think we started with, like, what, like 15 million, and now we're down to eight, and none of it has been spent on our two best players that we need to They had to sign Par Lindholm. Don't you understand? The Bruins needed Par Lindholm. (laughs) And those six uh, AHL players, that was necessary. And then Richie. I mean, I get it. He's the 13th forward, but come on. Who cares? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I don't fault them for all their spending this year, but they have a real problem facing them. And, again, just to make my position even more clear, I think it comes down to McAvoy and Carlo versus Krug, and I think the better option is McAvoy and Carlo. I don't like saying it, but that's what I think. Um, Matt, before you go, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, Yeah, my personal Twitter I'm five followers away from 2,000, so go Okay, follow. I want to do something for you. I want to do something for you. When Ty Anderson was on this podcast, I was, ve- I, was I think, the same amount away from 2,000. And I said, Ty, get me to 2,000. Just, 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 like, can you please help me? Well, please help me. It's not like that, but I was like, you know, hey, get me to 2,000 be nice. And he said, follow Evan, and he got me well over 2,000. So this is my declaration. Follow Matt Castle. Get him over 2,000 followers on Twitter because sitting under 2,000 or any milestone is such limbo. Yeah. It's such purgatory. I hate it. So go follow that. No, and we're in the off season too, so, like, I'll take followers whenever I can get them because we're not in the cup run anymore where, like, you would just get followers every second. I'm you know? losing followers every day. I know, dude. It's the off season life. It sucks, man. <laughs> so what else? you want to pitch anything else? Uh, not really. Nothing else. Bruins Daily. Yeah, you can, hey, follow us on Bruins Daily. I think it's just Come on, you're a company Daily. guy. <laughs> I would think you'd want to say that. At Bruins Daily, you know, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm loving life. It's beautiful out. It's the summertime. I'm relaxing. That's what we love. That's what we love. And Tim Rosenthal, we all love I'm, I'm talking to Evan Marinowski. <laughs> Host of Bruins I'm right. It's Marinovsky. <laughs> Marinovsky. Marinovsky. That's what I meant to say. Anyways, Matt, thank you for joining. Always, always a fun time. Um, and for CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. Go enjoy the nice weather. And hint, hint, surprise, surprise. Next guest is supposed to be pretty big, and it should be pretty cool. I'll see you then. Probably not bigger than me, but that's probably true. <laughs> for CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. Have a great week.